All right, everybody, welcome to On the Air with Sonny Clark as we reboot this thing. Welcome, everybody. Uh, This has been something that I've been wanting to get back to, and we've been able to obviously get it all set and ready to go. At least once a month we're going to be doing this program. It's on the air with Sonny Clark. I'll be bringing in some folks uh, within what we do, meaning uh, what's going on in Rowlett. Well, we're going to try to keep you up to date with that about once a month, maybe twice a month. It just depends upon the schedule, but at least once a month and when we can get folks in here to talk about the things that really affect our little fair city. Now, when I say little fair city, I know I've been one of the proponents that I don't necessarily like the way Rowlett has grown. Okay, I'll put it out there just on my own uh, personal beliefs and what I like. Because when I moved here in 2005, Uh, We didn't have the George Bush coming through here. We had beautiful trees in the area, and I just used to love to drive just to go to the store. And um, unfortunately, we lost all those trees. And and the way the city has grown as far as more businesses and things of that sort, um, I'm not necessarily a great big fan of. Um, I am a fan of small businesses. Of course, that's what we do as far as this program is, as we have nobody – as far as sponsors are sponsoring on the air with Sonny Clark that or the Rowlett Eagles varsity football team and the Couch Potato Sports Shop. All right, all of those are small businesses because I want to have the small businesses to have a cornerstone in something. All right, corner market in something because of the fact that the big guys always push out the smaller businesses, and this is the opportunity. But the, the opportunity came to me, and some of the things that are going on in Rowlett, we're going to get that covered here. Right? We're going to cover that whether it is talking to the mayor, which is exactly what we'll be doing here today, and, or whether it be talking to someone that might be running for office, which is what we also got going on here today. And that is what this program is about, and that's what I'm going to continue to do up on the on the air with Sonny Clark program. And again, I don't know if we'll end up going on and doing more than one a month. If we do, issues that will pop up, things that will be going on that will need attention, I will try to do that, whether it is bringing in the mayor, bringing in uh, people running for uh, office, whether it is the uh, city council folks that are on that, I will be bringing those folks to you. So, and that's what the idea of this show is, and lets you know what's going on in the city of Rowlett. That's also another thing that I wanted to do as well to keep people informed. That having been said, as this show premieres here, and it's uh, premiering here on Monday night, later on this week we have the pregame show of the Rowlett Eagles varsity football team as they are taking on the uh, the. Uh, football team up north in McKinney, the McKinney ISD Stadium, as uh, the Rowlett Eagles are on the road to take on the McKinney Mustangs. And so that's going to be a big, big game as it's the first game of the 2018 season. You can hear that coverage on the Couch Potato Sports Show, which is our sister station as far as that's concerned. And you can also hear the pregame show on a thir- on Friday, or mark that Thursday, uh, 
um, as well. So you got the pregame show on Thursday, you got the game on Friday, and then you turn around and have the Couch Potato Sports Show the last week that we are kicking off at noon before the NFL season kicks off the week after that. We'll be going from 9 to noon on that one. So uh, a lot of things going on in the city of Rowlett and a, a lot of concerns in the city of Rowlett. And those concerns are, I think, very valid. And I think those concerns need to be addressed. And that's the reason why I brought on my guest this week here, or this month here. A lady running for House District 113, Retta Andrew Bowers, is going to be with us. And that it, I enjoy speaking with her. I met her over, and by the way, this is just a plug out there. If you have an opportunity on a Thursday morning to head over to a, you know, OPA. OPA, everybody knows where OPA, the Greek restaurant. If you have the opportunity to run on over there on a Thursday morning, you will meet some great people over there on Thursday morning. The Chamber of Commerce meets over there every Thursday morning at 8 a.m. You can meet people, and it's called the Make the Connection. So if you want to get over there, go over there and make a connection. You never know what might happen, who you might meet, and what other things that you might find that might help. That's where I actually ran into Retta Andrew Bowers. We were trying to get her on um, uh, the show when she was running the last time that uh, she was running for an elective office. She did not win the House seat at that time. She was going up against one of our good friends that has been up on the show as well, uh, as Cindy Burkett. So she was on it. But Cindy is not running again this year. So uh, Retta Andrew Bowers, I think, has a really good chance of picking up that seat in House District 113. Um, as uh, Cindy Burkett is not going to be uh, holding that position in politics there. So we'll be talking to Retta Andrew Bowers first, and we'll, we'll get to know her, find out a little bit about her, what her feelings are about the city of Rowlett and things of that sort. And then later on in the show, I'm going to bring on uh, – this was uh, a fly-by-night thing. Uh, just to let everybody know, when, these – Interviews that I'm going to do are recorded. Uh, they're not being done live, but they're, the show is running live, um, the, the airtime. And then uh, you can go back and you'll be able to listen to it. You might not be able to listen to it when we premiere it, but I'll give you a link, and you can click on it and listen to it at any time you want. But that having been said, um, Tammy, uh, Tammy Dana Bashan, okay, she, when I asked her for this interview, uh, she was dealing with uh, some personal issues uh, through her family, and she took a lot of time with me up on this show uh, to talk to the people, answer my questions, and uh, things of that sort. I found it very, very informative, not only with Tammy Dana Basham, but also Retta Andrews Bowers. So this is, I, I feel, was a great show for us uh, to reboot this thing and get it all set and ready to go. So good stuff going on here, and I hope you hang out. This is On the Air with Sonny Clark. What we're going to do now is we're going to take a quick break here, and we're uh, going to go into a break. But I want to let you know about a, a, a lady I met, and she's going to be sponsoring this show as well as the Rally Eagles Varsity football teams and things of that sort. And I'm talking about 
you know, when when you are trying to figure out your home and what you're going to do, blinds are a big part of what happens here in Texas, whether it be helping to keep the energy bills down or just look really nice. You, we got a lady right here in the city, Karen McKinney, who is the owner of Budget Blinds of Rowlett. She also does Rowlett, Wiley, Saxe, as well as Garden uh, Garland. She, you know, is a lady that takes pride in everything that she does in providing the style or service for any budget. So if you have any questions, regardless of your budget, I want you to reach out to Karen McKinney. She is the owner of Budget Blinds of Rowlett. You can give her a call at 972-722-9300. And she is knowledgeable about a lot of things, not just blinds, and she can help you within your home. She'll take a look out and figure out what's best, obviously, for your windows based upon your decor and things of that sort. So make sure you reach on out to Karen McKinney, the owner of Budget Blinds of Rowlett, 972-722-9300. We'll take that quick break here on the air with Sonny Clark. And when we come back, we'll talk to Red Hat Andrew Powers here on the air with Sonny Clark. We'll be right back. This is Sunny Clark Radio Voice of your Rowlett Eagles asking, are you dealing with unpleasant smells or odors in your home? Is there a foul odor that you just can't find? Your best bet is to contact my friend Michael Smith of Lone Star State Mitigation. Mike is an expert when dealing with pet odors, urine, smoke, or unpleasant smells that you just can't pinpoint. He's also an expert in dealing with issues after a pipe bursts in your home or an emergency that causes damage. You need to contact Mike at Lone Star State Mitigation. Give him a call at 469-360-2997. Lone Star State Mitigation, restoring the calm after the storm. Newly constructed, this lovely colonial couple features charming design and an asymmetrical roof. Household comes pre-furnished with one full cat and two sets of matching parents. Bright accents and pleasant decor. Perfect for the right agent with the right listing. Remax agents are more recommended because they recommend what's right for you. That's the sign of a Remax agent. Make sure you contact Lucy Massey for all your home buying or selling needs for homes in Dallas, Mesquite, Rockwall, Garland, Richardson, Forney, or Rowlett. Give her a call at 469-556-6364. That's 469-556-6364. Let Buffalo Creek Doors and Floors help you restore your home to its like-new condition. Need a contractor? Let us be your first stop as well as your last. We specialize in everything that others don't, such as stained concrete floors, wood spot repairs on doors and floors, stainless steel spot repairs, anti-slip on floors, and more. Want to see what kind of work we do? Check out our Facebook page and you can see the craftsmanship you'll receive and expect from Buffalo Creek Doors and Floors. Give Rodney James a call at 214-536-2607. That's 214-536-2607. Or check him out on the web at www.buffalocreekdoorsandfloors.com. The Jerry Bullet Training Center, located just outside of Waterview, at 8900 Princeton Road in Rowlett, Texas, is the place to go for your kids to get the proper training 
they need for their athletic skills. Ran by the Bullet family, Jerry, Melvin, and Terrence, all professional athletes, you're sure to get the training that your kids will need for their success. Contact Melvin Bullet at 214-326-7853 or stop by their locations from the hours of 5.30 a.m. to 10 a.m. and 5 p.m. until 8 p.m. at 8900 Princeton Road in Rowlett, Texas, just outside of Waterview. Being taken for a ride? Check out Costco Insurance, serving Texans since 1981. Bundle your home, auto, or business insurance to save a ton. Costco Insurance on the corner of Main Street and Rowlett Road, where we make insurance fun. Or check us out on the web at costoinsurance.com, where we always have the coffee pot on. Yeah, but is it fresh? This is Sunny Clark, radio voice of your Rowlett Eagles, letting you know about Perfection Body Sculpting, located in Rowlett. Did you know that Perfection Body Sculpting doesn't just offer laser lipo and radio frequency for body contouring? We also offer cellulite reduction and skin tightening, as well as thermal lift and cosmetic and collagen facial creams, as well as top-of-the-line facial masks to help reduce fine wrinkles. There are also gift certificates as well as gift baskets with awesome products in it. Call today for your appointment and get three 24 gold facial masks with the purchase of a $69 consultation that includes a 30-minute laser lipo session. So contact 214-735-8519 or visit them on the web at www.perfectionbodysculpt.com. And welcome back into On the Air with Sonny Clark. And we are rebooting the show here because of a lot of things that are going on here in the Rowlett area and a lot of news that is going out. It's the reason why we started up the reboot. Of course, we mentioned that earlier in the show. Having been said, I thought it would be important to bring someone who is consistent considered someone that would be concerned about this area, that would be someone that would be running for office for this area. So what I did is I went ahead and finally was able to meet the person that's running for the Texas State Representative in the House uh, number 113. I got on, Retta Andrew Bowers. How are you doing, Retta? Hi there, Sunny. I'm doing great. Thank you for having me on today. Thanks for agreeing to come on because it's important with the area of Rowlett and the way Rowlett has grown. Just when just when I've moved here, I've been here since 2005, mm-hmm. you've been here a little bit longer, um, just right. the growth of what we're seeing within this city, um, you know, and you running for the position that you are, it, it covers this area. Let's do this. Let's talk about a little bit about your background of what you are about. About this area. Well, well, thank you. Well, I um, we came to the Rowlett area, the, the city of Rowlett, actually in 2000. So, um, come November, we would have been living here for um, 18 years. And um, I started out just working in the community, whether it was volunteering with the PTA uh, for the Garland uh, ISD and um, Van Booster organizations, and 
Um, during that time, I started um, working and was appointed to the Rowlett Parks and Recreation Board. Um, and that was really just a great work um, that started from my daughter bringing home a note in her Tuesday folder to help build a park in the city. And I soon began to see that uh, it really had to do with uh, really creating great quality of life for people in our community. And I think that was really something that, that continued to drive me to work further in our schools and in our communities. So you're saying I know from the Tuesday folder is what really kind of got you into politics then uh, from the uh, school. It actually is. I will tell you, um, working in PTA as an involved parent, uh, leading, uh, being on executive boards for uh, school PTAs or for executive boards for uh, band booster clubs, uh, not at all thinking that it would lead to politics, but I tell you, when my daughter brought that letter home from the city saying, hey, help us build a park, she wanted to be involved. She was excited about it. And, you know, really the, the truth is there's so many things that, that we as parents will do for our kids. And uh, as, as I got further involved with it, um, it, it led me to this point. Now, we, we talked a little bit as we met on a Thursday over at the Chamber of Commerce and make a connection meeting, um, and mm -hmm. we, we tried to make the connection last year uh, to do this interview when I ain't able to do so. Mm -hmm. I'm glad we were able mm -hmm. to do so, but just within that time that we, we tried to make that connection, you know, the tornado uh, that has happened in Rowlett, and right. some of the things that okay. are going on within our community, give us your take on what, what you've seen in the past few years and where you think it's going. Okay. Well, great. I, I really feel like, as you brought up the tornado, I feel like the citizens of Rowlett came together in a great way um, to show support to one another. Uh, it really, governing bodies came down to, to survey the area and uh, you know, elected officials looked at it. I think we do still have some needs for, for repair around the city, and so we have to continue those. Early on, um, I was asked to be on the community investment um, task force that was really uh, created to, to really work on the recovery, uh, further recovery after the, the community efforts that took place. Um, but at this point, in the last few years, and, and being back out on the doors talking to people in the community, I think education is still a driving force for our families, um, that they really want to see more investment placed there. And I think that um, I've heard people talk about health care, just they really need help with access to quality health care and, and the help with their insurance. Um, and you know, I've heard some of our some of our elderly seniors talking about getting stuck in the donut hole every January. Um, and I know that with more investment in our schools from the state, we will give some relief to the people in this community and in the district as far as their tax well. And 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 I fall right into that. You know, needing that help. 
What would you say to a citizen that you know right here in Rowlett? Of course, we got lots of we got over sixty five thousand people, thirty five thousand mm-hmm. voters uh, in this area. What would you say to someone who feels like the 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 direction of Rowlett does not seem to be going in the correct dire- direction, at least for them, maybe. How how would you come about, or what would you tell someone as far as what you foresee or someone's concerns about Rowlett maybe not going in the right direction? Well, I will say that, that I got involved and, and accepted the call to run for office based on wanting to be compassionately connected with the community enough to know what the concerns were. So I'd really want to talk to them a little bit more about what those actual concerns are Um, because during the 2016 cycle, it was my desire to make sure that we had representation that not only looked like our community because it was growing in diversity, but real representation that voted on the best interest of the people of this house district. And um, that that's really my one desire. So I'd really want, and, and even now, Sonny, when I'm at the doors or if I'm on the phones, like Tuesday nights and night tonight, you know, on a Tuesday, we have a phone bank, and I'm talking to voters, and I'm really trying to hone in on what are some of your concerns, whether they're going to be healthcare, education, jobs in, in, in the economy, or if it's immigration reform, or if it's women's health issues. I, I really want to know what the concerns are. And, and I, I feel like that's going to be the best way I can legislate effectively if I know and take those concerns to Austin. So I, I've got to know. So it, it's always helpful, and I'm always excited anytime I can be out knocking to talk to people, anytime I can be on the phones talking to, to our voters. Taking a look at where you're going and the steps that you may be taking to get this uh, position with the House. Again, folks, uh, we're on the phone with Retta Andrew Power. She is running for the Texas State Representative, House Floor Number uh, 113. Uh, that's mm-hmm. our area. Um, so w- w- if you are granted to be able to get elected to this position, what are your your goals in politics? Long term, I mean, I don't know if it's within what you would be elected for now or would you take a step to go even further within politics? Or are you mainly kind of sticking with the community idea of what you personally can do within the community? You know, I've had to think about that, Sonny, and I'm glad you asked because um, being a first-time candidate in 2016, not having a political career on my radar or anything that I I really thought I would um, be doing with my life, I had to think about it. A lot of times people were were throwing out um, other um, other seats and other and even going to the federal level. But I think, um, you know, I, I really want to, to serve at the state level right now. I think for now it, it's going to be starting there. And I think it's, it's going to take more than one term to really be effective and to really get in and do the work. Um, I don't think it can be done in, in just a legislative session and then you're out of there. So I really would want to give it some time. Now, will I go on beyond? I, I do believe that now, after being in it this long and so invested, I do believe that there there could be 
uh, you know, future and further political aspirations for myself. So I, I really think, though, it's just finding the right place that you can make the best difference and be most impactful. So um, I can't say that I would look, you know, that it's Congress or Senate. I can't give you that. But I do know that I, I realize now uh, that, I'm, that I am a public servant and that this is my life's work. And um, uh, it is truly uh, divinely ordered, and it is, it is an honor and a, and, and a true pleasure to, to walk in purpose, because that's what I feel like I am doing. Taking a look at this election, let people know about the, what you're running for. It's that Texas State Representative and uh, HD 113. What does that consist of? How long is that term? And what do you think it's going to take in order to get elected to that seat? Okay, sure. Um, I am running for House District 113, and we have part of uh, Garland, parts of Rowlett, part of Mesquite. We have part of Box Springs. We have all of Sunnyvale and Siegelville, a little bit of Dallas, and, and we stretch all the way down to Combine, which is near Kaufman County. And it's a two-year term, and, um, you know, we're in session. We would be for about six months if there's no special session called back. And, um, you know, it's a short time to serve, and those are really important decisions that are made in a short amount of time. And um, a lot of it is, you know, really honing in and, and working on the budget, making sure there's the right money um, allocated in, in all the appropriate areas. Um, but, you know, and during the it, – it's going to take, to answer your question, to win this, it's going to take really making sure that people realize they've got to use their, their voice. Um, their vote is their voice. They've got to get out. We can't have a small percentage that's really deciding on who is, is legislating for us in Austin or in, in Washington. Um, people have to realize that um, they might not have been happy with um, some of the some of the um, some of the, the outcomes or the results that, that came out of the November. 2016 election, and I just want to make sure people go to the polls and vote so that they don't wake up on November 7th, the day after the election, upset. Yeah. Why, why do you think people don't vote? I mean, why do you think people don't get out there? Do you, I, I think I've, you know, talking to people, and, and I've been able to get out in the community and speak with people, and, and I think the growing frustration is is that they don't think their voices are heard, even if they did vote. And I think that's one of the biggest conceptions uh, or, you know, one of those conceptions that has to change, and, and I don't know how that changes. How do you think something like that to change the perception of the voter that they really think that their vote, vote counts? Cause, and, and Sunny, you're right. Voter apathy is, is terribly high. And people think that their vote doesn't count. They feel like, you know, things will happen. Uh, they feel like they can abstain from voting, and that doesn't work. I mean, when you choose to opt out and not vote, you actually end up helping to elect maybe somebody that you might not want in office. And I think people just really don't think that their vote matters. Um, I have tried uh, with everything I can do and, and will continue to try to make sure 
that uh, a vote for me would be sending somebody to Austin that is, you know, not the norm. You know, it's it's, it's atypical of what what you've had down there. And I'm not. Go- I'm definitely going to be voting on on the concerns that that I take there that I hear from people. I mean, I I talk to people all the time and 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 ask them, you know, please give me a call. Please send an email to um, my uh, campaign email and let us know what we can do. Uh, I think the one thing that I know helped me as a voter is getting involved. And once you get involved and get engaged, you really, one, you, you meet the candidate, you know the candidate, and you really, you can, you can really hear from them, you know, their values and, and align yours with theirs, and you go to that ballot box and you make an educated you cast an educated ballot. You you don't just have to guess or, or go on someone else's word on this is who I think. And I think that's the best vote if you can vote uh, as an educated voter. And you're absolutely right about the, the voter apathy uh, portion of it because I am one and I do vote. Um, and when mm-hmm. I Thank see you. the – are you there? Yes, I'm here. Okay. All right. And when I see the actual results of how many people uh, vote, it it is discouraging uh, as far as that's Mm -hmm. concerned to see only about 1,200 people really deciding what is going on in the city of Rowlett. And and Mm -hmm. obviously the only way that we can change that is to get people out to the polls. Right, right. Right. I mean, we've said for for many uh, years, um, maybe we have to get back to the old way of actually taking people to the polls. You know, just take you know, take a friend, uh, remind your relatives. Um, the other thing that I think helps that we've encouraged people to do over the years is set a date. We know that election day is November sixth, and it's coming. And we also know that our October twenty second is the the beginning of early voting. I'm I'm the kind of voter that likes to get it out out of the way the first day, um, but but you know just like we set a date to go to the doctor, we set set an appointment to um, do other things with our family, whether it's putting a an event on the a calendar. Same deal. Make sure you set your date to go vote, and let your voice be heard. Definitely, that, and, and that's that's a good point there, um, as are, as far as that's concerned. But when we look at what's going on in the city of where we have had a couple of issues, such as uh, the bond issues and the monies mm-hmm. being allocated into the right places, or the Bayside mm-hmm. uh, situation, and you know mm-hmm. problems just within the city. I mean, with the latest lawsuit that's going on, what do you tell people about where the direction of Rowlett is going with some of the big issues that we are having? You know, it it really takes, again, as I mentioned, just, you know, getting involved, going to those city council meetings, hearing out um, and holding our elected officials accountable. Um, I think the first step is, is casting your ballot, but then it is staying in tune and staying involved and and truly understanding. Um, some of the previous bonds that we had with the city, I was on those task force task forces that really said, you know, 
this, you know, this phase, we're going to work on these streets. Uh, then we're going to work on the wet zone and things like that. And I know we have things like the harbor coming and all of that in the downtown village that is, that is there and, and really wanting to keep those businesses thriving. So the downtown village really is a thriving place for people to go and people to eat and dine and shop. Um, but I think that brings up to mind that you just like going to the city council meetings, uh, you have to be involved in community. Um, and, you know, whether it's being on the boards and commissions, uh, you know, you, you just once you get involved, you learn more. You, um, I think they have in the, in the city of Rella, we have the Citizens Academy. Um, I did Leadership Colleen class of 2000 when my husband was active duty at, at Fort Hood and uh, just before we moved here. And it really showed me how cities work. So it's just, you know, taking that, that next step to, to be a more involved citizen really helps. Remind people when they need to vote in order to bring Retta Andrew Bowers to the uh, Democrat to the House District 113. Well, thank you, Sonny, so much. And I tell you, November 6th is getting here as as quickly, uh, quicker than I than I ever imagined. Um, but Election Day is no, November 6th of 2018. We're about 84 days away from it, and early voting starts as early as October 22nd. So everybody keep that in mind, and as one of the things I always say, you, you got to get out there and you got to vote. And it and don't even matter who you vote for, but make that effort as so you can be one that can say, listen, I, I, I voted. I'm, I, I have a right to complain, and that's the way I kind of look <laughs> at it, Retta. Exactly, exactly. I mean, because if you don't, you really can't say anything with the outcome. You, you know, it, you, we just can't sit back. We can't afford Absolutely. to sit back. Mm -hmm. Definitely. She is Retta Andrew Power. She is running for a Texas State Representative, House District 113. Make sure you get out there November 6th or even uh, take advantage of that uh, early voting. Uh, you can do that as well. All you got to do is get up on the website uh, for the city of Rowlett. You should be able to find out all that information when it becomes available. We'd like to thank Retta for her time here on, on the you. air with Sunny Clark. Concerned citizens within the city of Rowlett. Thank you for your time, my friend. Thank you so much. Thank you for all you and, do. Bye-bye. And when we come back, folks, we're going to talk to the mayor of our fine city. We'll do that on the other side here on the air with Sonny Clark. We'll be right back. Wesson General Contracting Incorporated, we're your one-stop shop for all your general contracting needs. We are locally owned and with over 20 years of experience, so roofing, gutters, sidings, fence staining, painting, foundation problems, or roof damage are no problems at all. Give us a call at 214-200-5588. That's 214-200-5588. Wesson General Contractors, proud sponsor of the Rowlett Eagles radio broadcast. 
Are you having trouble understanding Social Security planning? There are a lot of questions that have to be answered, like when does it make most sense for you and your spouse to start receiving Social Security? What is the impact of your Social Security benefits if you work during retirement? How much of your Social Security will be taxed each year? Let Nest Egg Wealth Advisors provide you with that direction to these decisions. Call our offices today at 972-412-6064 or visit us on the web at nesteggadvice.com for your complimentary guide to Social Security. At the Jerry Bullet Training Center, we are a motivated team of coaches with the mindset of helping you achieve and reach your highest goals. Having developed and trained over 100 Division I athletes as well as Division II athletes, even professional athletes, the Bullet Team definitely has the knowledge and mindset to take you to the next level. Check out our new 22,000 square foot facility and 3,000 square foot weight room along with 4,500 square feet of outdoor turf and covered training area along with football and soccer field. Contact Melvin Bullet at 214-326-7853 or visit their brand new facility just outside of Waterview at 8900 Princeton Road in Rowlett. This is Sonny Clark, radio voice of your outlet Eagles, letting you know about Dave Watson and Baggy's Web Solution. For those that are in need of a website, make sure you come in contact with Dave as he will take a look at your needs, find out what is most important to you, and generate a great idea for your website and your website needs. Make sure you take the time to come in contact with Dave Watson. It's 855-932-4747. That's 855-932-4747, extension 101. Baggies Web Solutions. Simple, local, perfect. Ready for the start. We can never make talking about insurance as exciting as the Kentucky Derby. However, we can make it interesting to see how much we can help you save money on your car insurance. Check out Coslo Insurance at Rowlett Road and Main Street in Rowlett, or check them out on the web at CosloInsurance.com, where we always have the coffee pot on. Yep, it is it's fresh. Let Buffalo Creek Doors and Floors help you restore your home to its like-new condition. Need a contractor? Let us be your first stop as well as your last. We specialize in everything that others don't, such as stained concrete floors, wood spot repairs on doors and floors, stainless steel spot repairs, anti-slip on floors, and more. Want to see what kind of work we do? Check out our Facebook page and you can see the craftsmanship you'll receive and expect from Buffalo Creek Doors and Floors. Give Rodney James a call at 214-536-2607. That's 214-536-2607. Or check him out on the web at www.buffalocreekdoorsandfloors.com. And welcome back to On the Air with Sonny Clark. It is the reboot. As you all remember, we jumped online um, when the tornadoes came on. We were on for a little bit. 
Some got really busy, but there have been a lot of issues in the uh, city. So, you know, we went ahead and brought in a person that probably knows the most about what's going on in the city and some of the issues that we're going to attack here uh, a little bit. I got the mayor of Rowlett. It is uh, Tammy Dana Bastion. How are you doing, Tammy? Oh, I'm doing great, Sonny. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, thanks for taking the time because I know you're busy and I know what the situation is now and I appreciate the couple of minutes. Uh, as, uh, an important time of the year as we are moving close to uh, voting and things of that sort for the city of Rowlett that happens in a couple of months and I know you're a big time uh, person to get people out and get out and vote. Let people know what's going on. I mean, believe it or not, November is not very far away. That is absolutely right. Now, we don't have any local elections in November, but we absolutely have, you know, election season is coming. So it's very, very important that our residents get out there and, and voice their opinions at the polls. Definitely. Now, we, we don't have any local issues, but the polls are going to be open. Those are for the other things that are going on, like the, the House districts and things like that, that people will be voting on, correct? Absolutely. You know, we we um, we have our representative for uh, the House that covers the majority of Rowlett that will be up um, and, you know, Senate races and uh, obviously the governor race and very, very important for our residents uh, to make sure they voice they voice their opinion at the polls. It's it's incredibly important. Now, some of the things, and it's really kind of the reason by the, about the reboot of the show, because there are issues in the uh, city of Rowlett, and one of them, obviously, the biggest one, and I wish I could make those uh, meetings and everything. Before we jump into the issue, I want to talk a little bit about the city of Rowlett and what they do, because if there's ever anything that people want to know about, they can go, and even though they can't be present at the meetings, those meetings are able to be uh, viewed as well, let people know how people can do that within the city of Rowlett if they're interested in seeing what they may have missed at these meetings. Absolutely. We, we um, publish every single city council meeting and every single uh, planning and zoning meeting, and you can watch them live. You can watch them on RTN16, um, or you can watch them at Rowlett.com on our website, and you don't have to watch them live. You can watch them after the fact. You can go on the website yep. and pull up any meeting um, that, you know, that it has occurred that has been, and they're all, all of the official meetings are videoed and uh, retained on our website. And that's really important. And you can sort through those meetings and find those topics that are important to you. You don't have to watch, you know, the entire meeting. So you can see the agenda and you can pull up those portions of the meetings that you're interested in. And, we, yeah, you know, and you haven't asked this yet. Yeah, I'm sorry. And that's a good public service for us. I mean, in reality, for the folks that, you know, yeah, like me that are so busy that can't actually make it now. And we got a lot of great people that that, that show up. Obviously, our, um, our uh, committee uh, people. Let people know a little bit about the city government, a little bit on what what kind of meetings that are there. And then we'll jump into some of the other things. You know, what what are the ones that are being taken? You said all of them, but what do they consist of? So the, the two that are videoed are all of our city council meetings and then all of our planning and zoning meetings. So those are the only ones that are videoed and are retained on our website. Other ones you can, you know, our other boards and commissions, you can find the minutes and you can find the agendas. 
And you're always welcome to attend any of those meetings. All those meetings are open meetings uh, available to our public. So our city council meetings, um, those happen twice a month at a minimum, the uh, first and the third Tuesdays. And uh, we usually have a work session starting 5, 5.30 in the, in the afternoon until our official start of our regular meeting, which is always at 7.30 p.m. And then our planning and zoning meetings are also twice a month, and those will, will consist of the second and the fourth Tuesdays. And, um, you know, the types of issues that are covered in the planning and zoning or anything, you know, to do with land use and uh, zoning exceptions, and those people are incredibly important. They are providing guidance to our city council on, you know, the very technical issues that come before them in regards to requests for zoning variances or uh, ordinance for variances. So we, we rely on those people very heavily and what a great group we have in the Planning and Zoning Commission. But we have lots of other citizen groups that help us in our community. Things like our Arts and Humanities Commission, our Senior Advisory Board, our new Youth Council that we just formed this year, our new Diversity Commission that we just formed this year, our Parks and Rec Board, um, you know, I could, there's, there's several other ones too. Very, very important. They provide advisory services to our city council to help us in our decision making for our entire community. And we're so thankful we have so many volunteers that help us with that. And um, we will be appointing um, new board members up in the, in the very near future. It's the time of year that we do that. Our application process was open through August 15th, and we are gathering all those applications and, and figuring out how we can sort through and get all these people involved that want to be involved in our city government. And that is what's key in this city, I noticed, because a lot of people are – well, let's just say the people are not doing it because their wallets are being stuffed with green. They're doing it because of a, a lot <laughs> of feeling toward this community. And and you are one of them. And and I, I can ask this question kind of giggle um, because I know the answer because I spoke to the last uh, mayor that we had. Let people know a little bit about you. I mean, obviously, you're not doing it for the money. You just get that little monthly siphon, that money might give you a tank of gas here or there, um, but, but really, this is it pretty much a volunteer position for you, isn't it? It really is. It's, it's, it, I pretty much work full-time on the um, role of the mayor for the city. I actually have a business, um, so I'm, you know, I'm working more than 40 hours a week when you do both combined, but um, yeah, the, the mayor gets a $500 a month stipend, and you know, the mayor is... Um, has lots of appearance um, that that they make and lots of meetings that we attend and lots of um, communications with our citizens, you know, every hour of the day. And I easily, easily put in over 40 hours a week on the city of Rowlett mayor responsibilities. And I think I heard you ask this, you know, why do, why why do we do this? We do this because we love our community. We do this because we want to help our community. Every city yep. council person, every planning and zoning um, commissioner, they do this for one reason, and it is to help this community continue to prosper and to continue to provide an environment for our residents that they so desire. Uh, what a great community we are in. I never thought I would ever be in a position um, to to be able to help our community in this manner, and I'm very honored to be able to do that. 
Uh, now, I'm going to ask you a couple of questions, obviously, some of the things that are going on in the city. And I, I'm, I've been a resident since uh, 2005 when we moved uh, from Arizona and loved the area, and obviously. But I, I will say one of the things that I am disappointed in, and this is because of when I moved here in 2005, probably should have done a little bit more research as far as that. Our city is growing and growing and growing. And, and at one point, I felt like, you know, a little growth, that's wonderful. but there is a huge amount of growth and with a lot of plans for the city to grow even more. So what do you tell someone who feels like this city has grown enough, we don't need any more? And, uh, and, you know, I think sometimes when we grow, we set ourselves up to fail, which obviously we don't necessarily want to do as a community. Well, we're about 70% built out. So there is still 30% of our land that is um, available for development. And that's, that's just a fact. Uh, a big part of our North Shore, obviously, the Bayside development and a lot of infill throughout the community. So, you know, this whole region, this whole North Tex Texas region is growing by leaps and bounds. And this isn't just a Rowlett concern. If you go into these other communities, uh, you know, you go into Plano, you go into Frisco, you go into McKinney, you, you go into all these communities, you go into Rockwall. It's it's the same concern by the residents that, you know, we love our community. You know, we can't have all this growth and it become out of control and then we lose our community, we lose our community environment. So it's not something that is just... Um, applicable to Rowlett. It is applicable to the entire North Texas region. And we just yep. have this area that is so desirable and attractive. And we have so much influx of people coming in uh, because of the jobs, because of the economic climate that, um, you know, it's, it's our cross to bear right now. And it's our cross to bear for the entire North Texas region. So we've got to figure out the best way to manage this growth. And that's what we did when we put together, you know, our comprehensive plan, Realize Rowlett 2020, to make sure that we had a vision for managing this growth. And that's why we're updating that comprehensive plan right now. We're almost complete with that update. We're also updating our strategic plan so that we make sure we understand, you know, how to manage this in the best way possible. It's very, very interesting because when I talk to, and this is a generality, and there's always risk with talking gen. Sure. When you talk to, but when you talk to a resident that was here when the only thing on 66 was a Dairy Queen, and you talk to a resident that has been here for two years, the perspective is incredibly different. Absolutely. And no, you know, one's not more right than the other. Everybody has different perspectives. Um, sure. But, you know, you want to hold on to that which is near and dear to you. When you think back about why you moved to Rowlett, when I think back about why I moved to Rowlett, that was a much different Rowlett than we are becoming. So we all Absolutely. have, you know, we all have that concern. But you have to continue to grow and evolve in this environment or you are going to be left behind. And that's one of the things we had obviously a little bit more research on where it was actually going to go. Might have been, might have been a different where Sunny might not have been.
we lived in we we see what's happening. We've seen what our government is doing. Our government is doing really good, I, I think. Um, and, and I'll say, with you taking over as mayor, because of the situation, let's switch to the big subject that I know is on a lot of people's mind, which is Bayside. This was the big one. This was the thing to put us on the map. This was the thing to put a star next to Rowlett that we where we could get everybody involved from the outside. I mean, I think as a community, we realized that we would have to support it for a couple of years before it actually got out there where people would know about it and know that it was going to be an option for them outside of the city of Rowlett. But with some of the changes, and, and this goes back to those videos, and I went back and I watched the video with the Bayside representative, the new developer, and some of the things, and, and the, the changes that were, I don't know if they were proposed or just told that's what they were going to do or how they were going to do it. Were they asking permission or were they telling you that's what they were going to do? And I and just to put this out there, I think you handled that whole thing great. I was watching this and I was and I was gonna I was watching this and I was like, I want to see our mayor step up for the people, and you did. So going back just a little bit, was this something they proposed? Is this worth saying this is what we're going to do? This is how we're going to do it without the proper notification? to the city? So th there's a long answer to that, and if you would just you know, let me get into a little bit of that detail. So sure. the, the, um, you know, this is a true public-private partnership between uh, the city and Bayside Development, and we have been working with them for several years, and the, the um, investment group, the ownership group hasn't changed. That is the same group that has been in place all along. What changed was the lead developer, the person that's actually putting together the plan and then ultimately implementing the plan. So we have an agreed-upon plan. We have an agreed-upon plan with Bayside Development. That was the plan that everybody sees. That's the plan that has the Crystal Lagoon. That's the plan that has the show fountain. That's the plan um, that has, you know, received, you know, incredible accolades and regional and actually national acclaim for where we were going with this development. And yep. so I think that that point is very, very important. And it's hard when people hear sound bites. We're all very busy. Everybody's very busy. And it's important to know that that was the developer's plan that was brought to the city and said, let's partner in this together and let's do a true public-private partnership and let's put Rowlett on the map. So there is absolutely a commitment from the city of Rowlett in regards to that original plan. We participated in development of it, but it was the developer's plan. We believe in the original plan. There's a lot of research, a lot of work was done with that original plan, and we were all going down the path to implement that plan. So <clears throat> I just want to make sure that that's not lost in all of this. It's not about that was a city plan and now we have a developer plan. That was a joint plan between the city and the developer. 
and they came to uh, us with those ideas as far as the fountains, the trolleys, and the, and and they're the one that brought those ideas to our attention more so than this is this as the city going to them and saying this is what we want, correct? That is correct. That is correct. Yeah, I mean, so, we've been working. And, and you know, we've been. One we've, of the things that I found that was interesting about the whole thing, and then, and then I'll let you continue from where you are. I just wanted to get clarification: is we weren't the one that came up with the idea; they're the one that that presented it and w that basically bought into the idea and and committed to it. I mean, the yep. the the public portion of this public-private partnership is based on the original concept, and and let's let's be realistic about this. This is a billion dollar development. Things change over time. Nobody sure. expected that the original plan was going to be exactly what happens down the road. But you also can't gut the plan. And taking out the Crystal Lagoon and taking out the show fountain and making the revisions that were made in in my in our opinion is gutting the original plan. And we're not in agreement with the, re with the proposed revision. We are absolutely, and I think you heard that loud and clear, and I think we've been very clear yep. in our communications, that we are not in agreement with their new proposed plan. So what's the next step after that, Tammy? I mean, obviously, you got two sides where you got two different opinions, and I think, um, obviously, like you said, you were committed. You bought the land. You bought the. You bought into the idea. You you uh, put us or the city has put us as far as residents, knowing exactly what would end up happening. Is and I and I made mention of this before to a lot of people. Us as a local community are going to have to support this for a couple of years before it does get noticed. So the the things that were brought to us and the things that were agreed upon. Now, since you both are not in agreement on what's going on now with the new proposal coming from the new developer, I know you guys went into behind-the-door meetings and things of this, that sort. Uh, describe a little bit about the procedure, about those meetings, and then where do we go from there? Well, um, certainly, you know, when when we have contractual arrangements and we have to talk about the legalities of contracts and we have to get advice from our attorney, those are when we have to go behind closed doors. And, um, you know, we are, we are obligated to make sure that when action is taken as a result of those types of consultation with our attorney, that we then disclose that. And we are not in a position at this point in time to take a specific action. And we came out of that last executive session and I made a statement. Um, I think it was, you know, one o'clock in the morning, one thirty in the morning, something like that. I remember and, it popping up I was awake. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and you know, that statement is still what holds today and that is that we have asked for additional information from the developer to um, quite frankly support their assertions. And we are trying to figure out if there is even a way that we can collaborate with this developer, and we have not determined that yet. So is there a timetable on that uh, as far as what, yeah, I mean, I, I, I've always made mention when government gets involved, it doesn't always go at the speed of light. Um, sometimes it goes down to slower than molasses in January, but it does go. Where, where do you foresee it? I mean, you pretty much 
told the developer where we stand. How much time are we going to give the developer to step back and get back to us with an acceptable plan or just maybe an alternate idea of what could be coming this way towards Bayside? You know, we haven't put a timetable to it. We've we've given them our information request to uh, support their assertions, and they're working on that information request right now. Obviously, the sooner the better. Um, it's interesting you say, you know, that when the government gets involved, things slow down. I, I, I come from corporate America. I worked in corporate America for 27 years. And... Um, Working, you know, transitioning from corporate America to a city council position, a mayor pro tem position, and now a mayor position, it's probably been one of the most difficult things that I have to encounter. Is I can't always make things happen as fast as I want them to make want to make them happen. Sure. Um, there's a lot of people around city hall that 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 um, know how fast I like to work and how quick I like to make um, things happen. So I, I get um, a lot of ribbing about that. But um, we try yeah. to make things happen a lot faster than, than maybe they have historically happened. Um, but we are so far apart on this. We are, you know, and you've seen it, and the public has seen it. Yeah. We are so far yeah. apart on what we believe the vision is for Bayside. And... You know, we've done a lot of research on this Crystal Lagoon amenity, and it is an incredible amenity. And there are developments doing unbelievable things with Crystal Lagoons um, in the state of Florida that are mixed-use type of developments that this amenity really activates their development, and it activates their development not only for commercial but also for retail and for high-end residential and um, public amenity for, you know, the local uh, population. And we just believe so strongly that this is what we need to do at uh, Bayside. And our developer believes otherwise. And, yep. you know, that's going to be a hard bridge to, 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 to try to get together. I, I'm not sure about the timetable. And that's where it goes behind closed doors with attorneys on how the procedure and everything and what we're going to do based upon this. I mean, obviously, the idea of what the what the planned uh, planned vision of what it was supposed to be has kind of dramatically turned, like you said. And I, you said there was no timetable, so I guess maybe there's got to be somewhat of a timetable on how long we're going to wait for. Or, or have you heard back from him ever since you kind of put it in his lap? At all, is there any indication coming from the new developer when they will get back with you as far as what the you know alternate plan or whatever they're going to try to present to you? Um, as far you know, how long are we going to wait for that answer for them? Do you know? Well, let me let me let me uh, make sure I'm real clear about this. There's been no discussion about an alternate plan um, by the developer. We. They have proposed their alternate plan, which we all saw. And they've made assertions as a result of their um, work over the last 10 months that yes. they believe supports their new plan. We have asked for supporting information to validate those assertions because we had a lot, they had a lot of data that supported the original plan. So 
we're not asking for an alternative plan. They're not offering an alternative plan. We believe that, you know, the original plan is what we need to do. Again, with a thought process of things change over time and not everything is going to be exactly as originally envisioned, but you can't be this far apart. So I just want to make that clear that there's there's no timetable for them to pr propose or present a revised plan. They're not proposing to do that, that I know of. We have asked well, for what, what, additional what, information. What was that proposal, that just, just so fair verification, that, that thing that they were talking about in that meeting, and I watched the whole thing, um, that was, I, to me, it sounded like that was an alternate idea of what they were going to do, more so than asking you to change it. And not, and I think as a citizen, that was what made me most angry because it was more, it was more of the fact that you know they did their research, but they didn't give consideration to the city of Raleigh and or the citizens who are the ones that are going to have to support this for two or three years before it gets noticed. Yeah, and maybe we're having a little bit of just communication issues here. That is their that is their proposed plan. Absolutely, is their proposed they plan. Yeah, they're ref, they're refining it as they go, just like anything would. But yeah, that is their proposed plan. I thought you were asking me when they're going to present another proposed uh, a revision to that plan. Well, they should. Which I, I have no idea. And that's my question. I mean, as far as you informed them that that's not acceptable, they're going to have Correct. to come back to the table with something. I mean, at least it seems like, as you know, as far as, you know, but they're going to have to make provisions to make sure at least a good portion of the original idea of what we envisioned as a city, as a citizenship, of what Bayside's going to be more so than a new developer coming over, taking over and saying, no, this is what we're going to do. So, and, and that goes back to getting behind closed doors and how we're going to proceed. But I guess, you know, Right now, it's kind of just sitting out there, you know, floating around, and we're waiting for. Are, are we expecting an answer for them for a change, or they were just just kind of telling you what's going on? I, you know, they, more more than that. Um, we have made it very very clear that we don't support the new plan. We have made it very clear that we believe the original plan is the correct vision for Bayside. They have made um, certain assertions of why they think the original plan does not work from a, a market standpoint and an economic standpoint. Yep. We have asked to see the proof of that, and that's where we're at right now. Got it. So we don't necessarily know if they're going to go go and go back to the original when they come back with this, or if they're just going to completely support the facts of what they're talking about. I guess as as a community, you know, where we see this this plan going, what if it is not what we envisioned? What if they're fine? I mean, what if they put their foot in the ground saying this is you know, as developers of this plot, we're not going to do this, and I, I guess. As a citizen, we, I wonder why or how they can do it. I'm sure there's a way they can do it, I guess, quote, unquote, legally. What do you think the procedure would be if, that, if it goes completely against the, what we're looking at? It, or is there going to be – how will we proceed after that point, or do you even know yet? Well, um, you know, they own the land, so, and we have zoning requirements. So – 
if they own the land and they meet the zoning requirements, there are certain things they can do, obviously. Um, but this is a true public-private partnership. And so the city does have control over the public partnership part of this. So that's an important consideration. And, Got it. and you know, I don't I don't want to speculate what could happen because we're not there. And yeah. we just need to go through the process. So yeah. we had a plan, we had a proposal that was jointly developed. They have refined or changed that proposal over the course of the last two months that or ten months that we saw for the first time in July. Um, we have vehemently <laughs> rejected that proposal. They believe in their new proposal, and they believe from a market standpoint and an ac economic standpoint that their new proposal is the way to go. We want to see that data to understand how it could be you know, so different from the original assertions and the original analysis that was validated. And then we have to figure out where to go from there. And I can't really spec speculate where that's going to take us until we have time to go through that process. Got it. So we're, we're, we're in a holding pattern for Bayside, and we'll, we'll hold on to it. Hopefully, we'll get some kind of idea where all that's going to go, because Bayside is a big, big uh, subject within the city here, within Rowlett, because of the expectations of, you know, what could happen in Bayside. So that, that's definitely something I'm really looking forward to. Now, some of the other things can that... I, just can, I, can, I mention what, can I mention one other sure. thing, Sunny, about Bayside? Yes, ma'am. I think it is incredibly important that the public is vocal on their thoughts in regards to the plan. You support the original plan, make sure you're vocal about that. How do they do that? Is there a place on their website saying we don't agree or is it just within the groups that right there within Rowlett that we're talking about this issue? Well, I mean, see me on the street. See any city council person on the street. Send us emails. Um, post on Facebook. Um, listen to this podcast yep. and, you know, support this, this, you know. Make sure your voice is known. Communicate with, you know, in the public, with the public, with city council, with city staff. You know, go on. Um, make sure that you're supportive of what we're doing to try to make sure we're bringing the best world-class um, development to our community. Not everybody's going to agree. <laughs> Nobody agrees. You know, there's no way everybody's going to agree. But I think what we all do agree on is we've got to make sure we're doing it right because we have one chance to do this. Absolutely. And there's a lot at stake, and it, it, you know, the land is obviously the value of the land. And you, we actually purchased that land so that could be done. I, didn't we we did purchase that from uh, the uh, uh, Dallas County, correct? Yeah. So the we, uh, the city of Raleigh purchased that from the city of Dallas. Dallas deparked the land. We had nothing to do with deparking it. 
uh, Dallas deparked it, and then we purchased it from Dallas, and then we sold it to this investment group. We brought in this developer um, to develop, uh, to to do a true public-private partnership to develop this piece of land. Absolutely. Got it. Yep. And, and, and that's important to know, too, because that's our contribution to it as well. Um, you know, purchasing land outside to make something big for Rowlett is obviously a great idea. Um, and hopefully we'll, and hopefully we'll hear something about this and we'll, you know, we'll keep in touch. Now, just, uh, uh, one final thing we'll get, you know, the bond, uh, monies are being dispersed and things that are happening. We're getting roads fixed. I've noticed that because I've, I drive on those roads, some of the roads that are being fixed. What going on as far as the bonds and some of the uh, repairs that are going around in the city? What can we expect here in the next couple of months? You know, the last bond, the 2015 bond that we issued, we had, a, you know, we had a little bit of a slowdown with a minor uh, occurrence in our town on December 26th. Um, yeah, minor. Yeah. A, <laughs> yeah, little minor occurrence. That was a that was a smart remark for those that don't understand my, um, you know, that 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 was a joke. Um, yeah, but, um, of course. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know what? What a great, what a great recovery effort we had from that tornado. You know, and absolutely. It, it was just I, I can't tell you the number of people we talked to across the state that say they've never seen anything like that. Never ever seen a community come together so so well and recover from something so quickly, so devastating, so quickly. But anyway, um, you know, we got through that. What a great job the um, city staff has been doing. You know, they have caught up on all of that um, from the 2015 bond and making huge improvements in a lot of our neighborhoods. And we just funded the first one-third of the the new bond, and uh, we're letting contracts right now. And so we're going to see neighborhood construction in some of those areas that, quite frankly, have, um, you know, third-world road that need to be repaired. So we're really, really excited about that. So um, very, very happy with the progress we're making on the bonds, and we have to. The the Great Recession was very hard on communities, and there was a lot of communities, including the city of Rowlett, that are behind in in their capital needs. And we have to deliver on these bonds so that the public trusts us, continues to trust us, that we are utilizing these funds in the manner that need to be utilized for our community. The needs will always be greater, always. It's, again, not just a Rowlett issue. It's across the country. But um, we are prioritizing and making sure that we deliver where we need to deliver. And they can check up on that as far as... Huh? Thank you. I was just about yeah, to say that. Yeah. That, Kirk. I mean, there's yep. a place for them. Um, where can they check up on what the bond was, what they're actually doing? And I'm sure it's on the website somewhere. Yep. It's on Rowlight.com, and there's an interact. There's interactive maps and and statuses for every single project, and you can you know click on and see exactly what's going to happen when, and those are updated regularly. It's very very informative. Uh, website, uh, part of our website. We also have a, a Citizens Investment Advisory Board, a CIAB board. It's one of our boards and commissions, and that is made up of citizen volunteers, and that group is the group that goes out there and determines with citizen interaction throughout our community what our needs are, and they are also monitoring 
our city staff to make sure we're performing where we need to perform on implementing all these different programs. And that, and that's good to know because some people, you know, they're just not paying attention. This part I know. Um, they, they just think you got to write, you know, open check and you'll do what you want. But, no, there's a plan proposal on how it has to be spent. It's not something that's done very frivolously at all. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. So, and that having been said, let's just throw this out here, and I want to, and and then we'll let you go because we know you got a lot of things that you're in the process of doing outside of your mayor's uh, duties. <laughs> um, one in one of the complaints, and I was asked to ask about this, um, as far as for the last you know, you know, four years, one of the biggest complaints in reality is our water department. And, and the last mayor explained it. I completely understand it um, as far as the how it works and everything else. But some people are, are uh, amazed at some of their bills being crazy one month and then back to normal the next and something's not making any sense. Um, and and that's bothersome to some of the folks that are in this city, uh, how, how this kind of thing happens. So can you explain a little bit about that, and we'll give a kind of reminder about how that works, and what can they do if they receive a bill and they're going, what is going on? This is not, this is not even close, you know, and then the next month it goes back to normal. Right. So this has been a big issue for, our, again, I will say North Texas. It's very interesting. Um, you go into some of these other community uh, pages, and I talked to other mayors and city council people throughout the region, and there was actually, um, I think it was a, a Facebook Live session by Channel 5 the other day, and they, I, was, I was watching the, the feed, the comment feed, while Channel 5 was doing this Facebook Live session, and it was about, um, you know, a city, I can't remember which city they were talking about, but it was about a city charging for in, in, improperly for water usage. And I was watching the, the comments feed, and there, every, you know, every city kept getting represented. Well, we have this issue in this city, our city too. We have this issue in our city. We have this issue in our city. And the fact of the matter is water is incredibly uh, expensive, incredibly expensive. And wa water rates in Rowlett are higher than many of our surrounding communities, but marginally higher. And you know, we have all that analysis. I, I dedicated a mayor's monthly spotlight on this whole issue. I think it was July this year. You can go out and look at it. Really it get educated. Yeah, really get educated on all the facts about surrounding the, the water issue. We put in a new system, um, AMI, and it's also available to sign up for on our website at rowlight.com uh, forward slash AMI, and it's an automated metering um, information system. And you can sign up for that, and you can go online, and you can figure out how much water you're using on an hourly basis. And you can set up alerts. I set up alerts. I get notified on my cell phone. At the alert level, I want to know if my water usage goes over a certain amount. It is an incredible tool that puts the power of information in front of our customers. Unfortunately, very, very few people have signed up for AMI. And we have um, really done a great job communicating about AMI. But there's only, you know, there's not a lot have signed up. 
but it has caused the rhetoric to really die down because the people that are watching this are the ones that are signing up for AMI. And once they sign up for AMI, they realize what's going on with their usage. I will tell you this. It is an absolute fact. Every single issue that has been escalated to our city has been resolved in regards to, yes, you actually used that volume of water, and this is why. And nobody's going to want to hear this because maybe you had a leak, because maybe you were running the sprinkler systems and didn't realize you were. Um, Once you understand your usage patterns and once you start monitoring your usage, you realize what actual volumes you're using and it becomes an issue of water is incredibly expensive and the incremental volume of water is incredibly expensive. And that's true throughout the region and is going to continue to be more and more expensive. So I believe from the bottom of my heart that there is nothing wrong with what we are doing in regards to charging for usage levels. I absolutely believe water is incredibly expensive. And the incremental volume is incredibly expensive. I'll I'll tell you, I I know exactly why it's expensive. And and like you said, there are cities around that, you know, maybe they're comparable, maybe they're not. Rowlett is higher. That's not even a a question. And the reason why it is is because we're stuck in a very bad contract that happened years and years and years and years ago. And I know, you know, as as the public, we want to know what we can do to get that contract changed because that that is the basis of what we're getting as far as water is concerned. Um, and it's a bad contract that we have with the people that are providing the water. And I don't know how much longer the contract is. I know it's a long time. It is, it is. And this is a contract with North Texas Water Municipal District. Um, um, So, but but it's not about Rowlett versus North Texas um, Municipal Water District. It's about North Texas Municipal Water District and the contract that they have with all the cities that they provide water to. Our contract terms, yes, our contract terms are no different than any other city. Got it. Now, you have customer cities um, and you have member cities. And it's kind of like being a dark member board, you know, a dark member city versus maybe a customer city that has a bus service. It's kind of the same, kind of the same concept, not not apples to apples, but, but just so you can kind of understand it. So, the member cities are those that signed into the beginning and, and helped with the infrastructure costs to set up, you know, the whole municipal water district. But there's lots of customer cities that are pure customers. So the member cities have a little bit of price break on a, a volume basis compared to the customer cities, but it's not what's causing the issue with Rowlett. And Rowlett's contract terms are no different than every other customer city's contract terms. So it's not, it's not an issue that Rowlett signed a contract that's bad for the citizens of Rowlett. It is what North Texas Municipal Water District requires of all of their customers. It's no different than Dallas Water Municipal District. What North Texas Water Municipal District does is they determine what the highest, we, we determine what the highest volume of water is 
that your city used on an annual basis historically. And for Rowlett, that's 3 billion gallons of water per year. That was our highest usage. We have to purchase 3 billion gallons of water from North Texas Municipal Water District on an annual basis because North Texas Municipal Water District is responsible for making sure available to the city of Rowlett 3 billion gallons of water per year. What is currently happening is the city of Rowlett is using 2 billion gallons of water per year. So we're able to charge our customers, our residents, for 2 billion gallons of water, but we have to pay North Texas Municipal Water District for 3 billion gallons of water. So that's one-third of our entire cost. Dallas Municipal Water District is no different in that they have the same type of take-or-pay system for their customers. This is across the board in the industry. So, but what Dallas Municipal Water District does is they say, what's your highest daily usage? And that's what we're going to charge you per day. So if a city had, you know, I don't know, just throw out a number, 100,000 gallons was their highest daily usage, that times 365 days, that city has to purchase that amount of water for the rest of the term of the contract. So this is not something that's particular to Rowlett. Does that make sense? It makes sense, but I guess the answer in the, in the guy that seems to see something that doesn't seem to be fair, I mean, what, I mean who regulates that? I mean, there's got to be some kind of regulation for it, and I know, the, I know the answer before I ask it, but everybody know. else doesn't know it. But who, I understand. I mean, who regulates something like that to where the customer don't feel like they're getting robbed? Because they are, you know, that, and you hear that every day. Um, so that's no great big surprise to you. But who regulates that kind of thing? And if it's not regulated, who should be regulating it? And should we, we fight for that to happen? Absolutely. And we are fighting for that to happen. So there's a board um, that makes up the, you know, the, that is the regulating body for the North Texas Municipal Water District, and that board is comprised of the cities that are the member cities. And unfortunately, you, in order to change something, you have to have a unanimous vote, um, and that's the way that the uh, Municipal Water District was set up, and that is what's not right. It is absolutely right. not right. And, Absolutely. you know, when you think, and I, I'm going to throw out a city name, not that I, I'm not saying that they're on the board, I'm not saying that they're a member city, I'm just going to give a city name so you can understand the relevance of this. Um, so if you look at a Frisco, they're growing, 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 and so they're probably, and I, I want to make sure I'm very clear with that word, they're probably not paying for more water to their provider than they're selling to their residents because they've been in an upward growth pattern. Um, Rowlett's been on a very small upward growth pattern, but with all the water restrictions and drought and, and um, you know, stage three water restrictions, that's why our usage went down so far. So when you have cities that are on the board of directors for Texas Municipal Water District that are benefiting from the take or pay yep. system, why would they ever vote to change the take-or-pay system? So the structure is what the problem is. And um, there, were, there were three member cities that filed a lawsuit. Garland was uh, one of them. 
that do not benefit from the take or pay system and they are a member city and they want to change uh, you know, the pricing structure, but they can't get a unanimous vote to change the pricing structure. So they filed a lawsuit as one, they were one of three cities that filed a lawsuit. So you know, we're looking towards that as potentially having an impact. Um, we've gone to our legislators to try to get, you know, influence there. It's not a regulated industry, so that's not a great avenue to go down. Now I will say this. The, the member cities that are losers and the customer cities that are losers, we have been fighting this issue for many, many years. So it feels like for the first time that maybe we're being heard. And if but I'm not mistaken, isn't Cindy Burkett behind that a little bit as well, trying to fight for that? Cindy has absolutely tried to help us with this. You know, Cindy Burkett is an incredible representative for our community and for all of her communities. And uh, she fights for us all the time. And she has, been, she has tried to help us with this, absolutely. Yeah. But it's the board of directors that is comprised of all the member cities, some of which are winners in the take or pay and some of which are losers in the take or pay that are going to have to make the change. Yeah. And hopefully we can get something to to move forward in a positive in that light. And, you know, obviously, and that's the reason why I knew those answers before I answered that. You know, asked them. Um, but it, you know, I I dove deep into figuring out why it's going, what's going on. Not a lot of people they they only see what comes in their mail and they're going, this is ridiculous. More so than the big picture. You know, obviously everybody's got that small tunnel vision because it affects them directly and how it directs. Uh, but as a whole, this is a bigger issue than just one person getting a bill for 300 bucks. That's normally 150. So you know, there, there's a lot more up on top of it that that has to be uh, looked upon. It. And by the way, it just just to let you know, and folks that don't know, we've almost been on the line with a, a, close to an hour with the mayor. And I want I want to first of all, I, I want to congratulate you for what you did on Bayside. I I don't think you you and the uh, and the uh, folks that are involved with that, with those committees, are getting enough credit. And that's one of the reasons why I wanted you to have on, because I think you deserve all the credit uh, to put it back in them and saying, okay, what are we going to do about it? And you, you, the holding pattern stinks, but it's just what it is. Um, so that's one of the reasons why I wanted you to be able to get out there and, and let people know that this is just not an issue and it's not going to just go away. Um, so that was one. And the water obviously is a big issue within the city. And I, I wanted to, first of all, thank you for your time, as much time as you took with us here on the air with Sunny Clark, and look forward to obviously having you back on for other things that may be obviously moving forward in a positive um, uh, for this city. I really appreciate that, Sunny. And let me just leave you with this thought. We sure. have an incredible asset with Bayside. We will make this what it needs to be. 
and you heard it from uh, from the mayor's mouth. And I, I and, and I know as a person who watched this base side when it first started, the worry that I had when we grabbed it. And I hope we end up where we need to be, and obviously to be on the right side of that. She is the mayor of our city, folks. And if you have any questions, she if she if she would prefer to get through Walmart, okay, you know, without being bothered, you know. <laughs> but if there's something, I, I, I'm sure Tammy will take a moment to speak to you and get you in the right direction. She is the mayor, Tammy Dana Bashan. We appreciate your time and joining us here on the air with Sonny Clark. Thank you very much, Sonny. Have a good evening. And that's going to do it for this edition of On the Air with Sonny Clark. Keep your eyes and ears open. We will be out and about. We'll be taking a look at some of the things that are happening here within our community. We'll be doing all of that. If there is a, something that you want to know about, go ahead, find me on Facebook, Sonny Clark. I will be right there. You can send me a message. I will do what I can to let you know about what's going on with the next show or take your suggestions on the next show and things of that sort. So make sure you reach on out. Don't forget, on Thursday, we will have the pregame show of the Rowlett Eagles Varsity Football uh, game as well as the game itself. As the Rowlett Eagles are on the road, they're going to the new McKinney ISD Stadium to take on the McKinney Mustangs. Make sure you hang around for that. That one's going to be a good one. And then, of course, on Sunday, uh, the Couch Potato Sports Show as we're going to talk about the NFL as we get prepared for the week after for week number one of the NFL. I am Sonny Clark. Thanks for joining us on the air with Sonny Clark. We will catch you next time.